0: Welcome to Radio TFS, episode number 158. This is Greg Duncan, and this is all it is. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's just me and you today. So, lots of news, no guests today. We've got to line up, try to line up a guest for the next show. Uh, got, we've, again, got a lot of news, uh, lots of links. All the links will be in the show notes if you just want to jump there and forget all of this blathering. It's on uh, RadioTFS.com. Otherwise, let's get started. So the first thing we've got is uh, VSTS Sprint 132 update. Well, actually, think, talking about VSTS, let me give you guys an update on our, my work, my day jobs, uh, TFS to uh, VSTS high-fidelity migration. Guess what? By the time we have our next show, we'll have completed our VSTS migration. We just recently did another dry run, a final dry run, uh, seemed to go fine. On the 13th, we're scheduled to do our full VSTS migration. And as I continue to play with VSTS, uh, I can't wait. <laughs> Nothing, Not saying anything bad about TFS, you know, but uh, not having to worry about updating that, getting the newest features quicker. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, keep your fingers crossed for me, guys. Hopefully by the time we talk again, I'll be on VSTS. And I'll, I'll tell you how that goes. I, I expect... It's going to be simple. (laughs) Oscar, my partner in crime, uh, looked over when I told him, you know, when we agreed on the final migration date, he says, are you ready, Greg? (laughs) I looked at him like, no, not really. (laughs) But we're kind of running out of time. And remember, talked about that before. April 23rd, if you are on TFS 2017 and you want to use the high fidelity migration, you have until April 23, and then that's it. You will not be able to do high fidelity migrations from TFS 2017 to VSTS ap- after April 23. So you got your time box, ladies and gentlemen. And speaking of new and great features on VSTS, as uh, I said, uh, Sprint 132, Gopi had a nice post on it, detailing all the new and exciting things that are on it, from uh, additional updates to pull requests, to uh, uh, perform TFVC commands from Windows Explorer, and I'll talk about that more in a second. Chain builds, you can chain builds together without a third-party extension now. There was a third-party one out there, but now it's there's a build completion triggers that you can use to chain builds together in case there's, like, builds from different teams or, you know, you do a database build, then an app build, and then all these other types of builds. That's available in 132. Another thing we'll talk about with the full article is you can publish the markdown files for the wiki from someplace beyond VSTS basically from you got to Git repo somewhere. You can use that to um, publish files as a wiki. Now, you know what? I may be lying. Am I lying? Let's let's look at this post here. So Sandeep talked about a post, and this is a full on post about the published markdown files from your Git repo to VSTS wiki. Now, what I don't know, if it has to be a Git repo hosted on VSTS. You would think so, huh? And as I look at this, Post from Sandeep, which talks about all the details. You're definitely going to want to read this. Yeah, it's from your Git repo hosted on VSTS. So you can basically check your uh, markdown files into a Git repo on VSTS. And then you can just right mouse click and publish those to, uh, to the wiki. Makes sense. Okay. Good. And that link to that post and deep will be in the show notes. Other things that were released in 132 is the deployment groups are now generally available. You know, the MVPs. We've been looking at the deployment groups and in preview for a while. Well, now they're generally available. And What is a deployment group? We've uh, in past shows we mentioned it. This is with our with VSTS and TFS. You know, you have two kinds of um, agents. You have a push and a pull. Right. And right now, traditionally, build v next. You built an agent. You put it on your machine, and then that machine would reach out and talk to other resources using like uh, Windows RM. Well, with the deployment groups, what they're doing is now uh, this is a pull agent. You'll install the agent on your different machines, okay, your web servers, whatever, and those agents will then pull so it's on the machine agents running on the machine where the stuff is being deployed so it's much less complicated when you create a deployment group there's a little uh, PowerShell snip that you run and it'll download and install the agent and register and do all that good stuff for you um but it does require that the machine be able to talk to you know resources on the interwebs which if you're deploying from vsts you know and the machine's talking to vsts so it has to be on the internet so it kind of makes sense if you have a total lockdown environment st- Go with the older approach with the uh, standalone agents, the traditional ones. But why would you want to install those agents? Well, uh, Rupesh has a great article on that exact same thing. Uh, Deployment groups and what they are, how they are set up, and why they are good. Why are they good? It allows you to do rolling deployments. And what does that mean? You have two machines that are your production web servers and you have them load balanced. Well, you can now do one and make sure it works. And then in the second one, do that second deployment. You can also uh, use it for, um, for scaling. You can have both of those agents. Basically, if you want them both to run at the same time, they'll both run at the same time. You're, you don't have to install multiple standalone agents of different machines, agent one, two, and three, and four, and have those use Windows RN to talk out to that. No, this agent-based approach, it allows for much more finer control. Simply, it's simpler and for scalability. And the post will be in the show notes. And I'm not going to say show notes again. Got it. You guys are heard it. You know where to go for the links. Speaking of TFS though, we also have news is that TFS TFS 2018 update 2 RC1 is now available. And this update 2, update 1 was mostly a bug fixed, primarily. Update 2 is the big feature release. Update 3 will be a uh, bug fix release and by that point it'll be time for TFS 2019. So, you got 2018, you want to see these features, uh, you want to take advantage of those new features that have been adding we've been talking about on TF uh, VSTS you can get this um, RC1 RC1 scares you it's so not production can install it well this one has a go live release so this is truly supported put it in production kind of release yeah you can install this in production and they'll support it and you can upgrade to RC2 or RTM uh fully supported at any point and again this is the last feature release for TFS twenty eighteen. What are what's everything involved in this? And man, it's just too much to go through. Go to the links, they'll have the downloads, they'll have the release notes. It's all there, but there's lots of work on pull requests, a lot of work on the work tabs, tons of stuff in build and release. Package management gets the stuff, all of the great things that are happening in the wiki, yeah, that's all rolling and you're all going to get it. No, we we're talking about rolling deployments. Um Mateo has a great post on that. And this is for everybody who's still on-prem with 2018 update to RC1. He talks about what this means. What do you really mean about this kind of rolling deployment? He goes, for example, I'm targeting two node cluster with a very simple ASP.NET MVC application, running the full .NET framework. And here's how you set it up. Here's how you create that deployment group. Here's how you set the targets to deploy what inline script you're going to run, and that's it. It's a short post, but it talks about what those rolling deployments are. And if you're interested in that, you should check out his post. TFVC, Windows Shell Extension. Have you ever used that? I'm raising my hand on it. I used to use that exclusively because it was just so much easier. I was using it a lot for SQL files, you know, .SQL. We had it all checked in. and This was before we were using the, the, the much better uh, SQL Server Database Projects and to check code in and out just use windows explorer and right mouse click check in right mouse click check out you didn't have to fire up visual studio or or anything else to do it well those extensions are now available for vsts and tfs 2018 as well as older versions of tfs so if you've got 2015 2013 2017 2012 team if you're still on 2010 sp1 you can use these um version control shell extensions and they're pretty cool it really is kind of nice to be able to check in stuff right out of windows explorer now our favorite subject what is your most as a tfs admin somebody or somebody involved in the management what is the the best your most favorite question that you get hey what's the licensing for this thing? Right? Right? No, no, you hate that. Oh, you you want to kill yourself when somebody asks you that. Okay. Well, let me give you the URL that you are not going to want to forget. HTTP aka.ms slash VS licensing. V-S-L-I-C-E-N-S-I-N-G. Keep that URL handy. Because when they ask you, how is this thing licensed, you send them that URL and you're done. You don't have to worry about updates or anything else. This URL will always point at the latest version of that guide because you know the guides get updated all the time throughout the year. Uh, The current ones right now, uh, the November 2017 version, and this is all of 34 plus pages (laughs) figuring out the licensing. And it covers VSTS, Visual Studio, subscriptions, TFS, how you buy it, who can use Visual Studio Community Edition. That comes up a lot. It's like, hey, we can use Community Edition. Like, um, no, at work, you can't. We're too big We make and we make too much money. So if you're using Community Edition, uh, you're wrong. Uninstall it. Stop. Go straight to jail. Do not go past go. And this document tells why want that licensing, AKA MS slash VS licensing. So Muhammad, who's been blocking up a storm recently, has these two new posts that I really wanted to call out. One was, and I've run into this and I'm going to, I've bookmarked this because we're going to use this soon. Uh, front end code quality, JavaScript unit testing and linting with automation with VSTS build. So that's the, you know, you can get you, everybody's heard of Jasmine, right? Everybody's heard of Selenium and everybody's heard of all these other things, but, combining that with the automation in VSTS that's the trick and he goes through that all from the introduction to the abstraction to writing your first javascript uh, unit testing and Jaz- with jasmine to all the way with jasmine code coverage js hint, js hint and build automation all that stuff it's a seven part series and it's primarily video so if you, if you learn by video if you like to see how things work post is here for you. Second thing he's been blogging about is DevOps for Microsoft Dynamics. Now, I don't use Dynamics. I, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually executed it. But the thing, the important thing is, A, y- y- you can. You know, that this is one of those things where if you're on Dynamics and you've been thinking about DevOps, this article or the series of videos will be invaluable. You're a Dynamics person, Dynamics 365 user. If you're thinking about DevOps, this is the post. This is your must-have post. Now, speaking of security and DevOps, we've got a great video, Channel 9 video, from uh, Damian Brady and uh, Dylan Smith that they just posted a couple of weeks ago. But um, Damian talks to Dylan about the building security into your DevOps process. Because, you know, we hate DevSecOps. Uh, you know, go back to Donovan's show <laughs> about that. But... Um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be thinking about building security into that pipeline. And this is a nice 17-minute uh, video, and they answer, you know, uh, what do the security teams do? How do you make sure that of our changes, introduce new vulnerability? Uh, Dylan answers those questions and even shows what Microsoft does to avoid security disasters. Okay? Now, that said about DevSecOps, uh, here's a great post from Clemens on DevSecOps. And he's got the four focus areas for DevSecOps and talking about where those different things are, how to do them, how they work into it. If if you just ignore the SecOps, then you're good. But if you're interested in that security, in those steps, in some of the things that you can do... His post is here and it's a nice long one. So there's some pictures, pretty pictures, changing your culture. There should be enough here to get your manager to buy off. Or if you are a manager, get your people to buy off. Another unusual resource uh, that I came across a couple of days ago, scrum.org. You know, you guys know that I'm a, I'm a, not a scrum Alliance, scrum master, but I'm a Scrum scrum.org scrum master. Well, even there, they are talking DevOps. Uh, On March 31st, Joshua posted Scrum and DevOps with a cool cartoony kind of image on how this thing works. If you're a Scrum team and you're trying to figure out how this DevOps fits into that, this is a nice article that talks about it. From optimizing flow to doing the sprint planning, continuous delivery to a production environment. Now, how does that work with a scrum and your sprints and, and so on. That's addressed here in the article. Rui Jarimba has a jar, jarimba, jarimba. That's close. It's going to be close. J-A-R-I-M-B-A, jarimba. Yeah, I, I, we're going to go with that. Had a great post called The Bug Cap. And he references a video that Aaron Bjorg did. And this is something I did not know Microsoft did. They have this thing called a bug cap. Basically, if the logged bugs exceeds this number, then that triggers a bug sprint. That makes sense? Now, it really depends on your teams. Our teams, if we're doing any active sprint for this project, we always do defects first. But what about projects that aren't under active development? They're mature or you just don't have the, the team, the bandwidth to do it. What really should trigger a, a bug fix sprint, the bug cap is what my says uh he says Microsoft is doing and looking at. Of course it depends on the bug. You know, if it's, a, if it's a production or work stoppage bug, well then obviously that goes first. But there's a you know that. But there's a whole ton of other bugs that you can live with. And providing this kind of formula, the number of engineers times five equals, and that's your bug cap. So if you got three engineers, 15 bugs, that's your cap. And that's that's the, the trigger. Or at least some sort of justification to trigger that bug sprint. This post I really found kind of cool. It's not something I would have thought of playing in the sandbox, how we created Minecraft's multi-platform design. This is from, uh, Mark Grinnells, who is the lead, uh, development lead for the Microsoft, for Microsoft on the Minecraft team. Did I just get that backwards on the Minecraft team? at Microsoft you you guys don't stop rolling your eyes. I know you guys are doing that stupid Greg. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he talks about, it's not a very super long one. And why am I talking about it now? We're not, you know, radio Minecraft or anything because guess what they use for work item management, build systems and test results. VSTS. They host the code on GitHub. But then they use VSTS to build it, test it, and to uh, manage the work items. And then they are using Azure for the build agent, storage, web services, and so on and so forth. So Mark goes through, has a nice workflow. What happens when a developer pushes a change to GitHub? And then when does Visual Studio get involved? And when do the agents and when does the App Center get worked on? Because remember, uh, Minecraft is multiple uh, platforms, obviously. Uh, the other testing, <laughs> the test results, putting it all into Power BI. Uh, how does this work with that center? Yeah, it's all here. If you want to out geek your family, your Minecraft players at home, yeah, yeah, yeah. Read this one, and you can say, "Hey, Minecraft, er, guess what? Yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's VSTS." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if you're doing that, man, you really need a life. All right. <laughs> <coughs> Some of the other things that I've seen people running into problems with are deploying, let's say, to uh, uh, SSIS. How do you deploy SSIS packages? Object Sharp has a nice uh, ex- explanation of a uh, third-party extension that does just that. It shows you how to do it. And their ex- explanation is better than the actual explanation on the uh, marketplace posting itself. So... Go to this object chart post, look at how you're supposed to do it, download it, get it. The extension is free that they're referencing. And if you're doing SSIS or thinking about it, this will definitely help. Package management. We mentioned package management before coming in uh, the changes in TFS 2018 update two. Keith Beller has a cool post about how you can use it. If you're not using package management in VSTS, he shows you how to install it. Where to get it, how to set it up, how to host your feed. He walks through all the different options, how to set it up in Visual Studio so it gets built, uh, all the way through. Let me see, uh, dun, 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 dun. connecting to the packages, everything that, that that you might need for this. So if you've been thinking about it, and remember, right now they're private on VSTS. So this is a, this is your own private package management. Thinking about it, check out his post. <laughs> Now, this post I I, I, I hesitated on on uh, mentioning this post, but it was pretty cool, so we're going to mention it anyway. Uh, remember, this is use at your own risk. Your mileage may vary. Uh, you know, nobody holds any warranty, claim, damage, whatever. You get the idea. So, and this is on a Microsoft. MSDN blog post. So that means it's okay, right? Uh, use at your own risk. Let's say you're working with your releases and your release definitions. Or somebody's new in there. And then they go through and they delete a whole bunch of them. And you remember it says, it gets a really nasty pop-up. Are you sure it's going to be gone for forever? And they say, oh, yeah, sure. Click, 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 go, 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 go. You come in and find out, oh, my God, where did all these release, release definitions go to? And your partner in crime, not Oscar, because he wouldn't do this. He says, Oh, I just deleted it. I was cleaning them up. Are you SOL? <laughs> Leading question there, huh? No, you're not. Chandi Chanda has a script, PowerShell script, as well as C on how you can undelete those release definitions. Because that delete is a soft delete. Right now, he says there's a 15 day window that you can use this code, these code snips to restore those deleted release definitions, all right? So it's not available for forever, but again, yeah, they all get deleted Mon- uh, Friday, you come in Monday, they're all gone. This, this post will be your friend, that code snip, is it? And what's, what's kind of neat, and I guess it, it truly is supported, is that the undelete of that release is in the web API. There's an official using the C-sharp snip, the uh, release object model, there's a dot undelete release async. Cool. That's cool, huh? <laughs> all right. Where are we at? What about ALM Rangers? Wow, oh, we're going fast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you're all. Thank you. Go faster, Greg. I'm playing this on two speed, and you're going too slow. But uh, ALM Ranger time. And guess who the April champion is? Michael Creef, previous guest of the show. He is the, uh, April. Ranger, ALM Ranger, champion. Congratulations, Mikkel. You are the man. And of course, what happens? What's like the next post? It's a post from him on how we checked and fixed the 503 error and performance issue in our Azure function. Because, you know, Mikkel's been doing a lot about feature flags, a lot of stuff happening in Azure functions. And this is if you've never done Azure functions, which we are, I'm just starting on that. Trying to troubleshoot this stuff is not necessarily the most intuitive thing. His post is great, and it shows why he is the April champion beyond his huge passion for almost everything VSTS. Well, I think that's about it, guys. Ha, sucker. Nope. Got a couple more things. Remember Anthony Borton was our last guest on? Guess where he's working now? Yeah, Microsoft. You're right. He's just recently joined the Microsoft team. How cool is that? Sticker update? Time for a sticker update? I think it is. Do you guys want stickers? All of you guys that I promised stickers to, they're all in the mail. All of them. And you should have already gotten them. Pedro let me know. Sent me an email yesterday. It says, the the stickers arrived. And he showed the DevOps sticker on his service. Didn't show the Radio TFS one. But that's okay, Pedro. Doesn't matter. Because you've got five of those to share and use wherever you want. Same with the DevOps stickers. Same with everybody else. All your stickers, you should already have them now. Please feel free to share them. If you guys want stickers, You want them? I've still got a lot. Send me an email, radioTFS at outlook.com. That's probably best. You can tweet us. We're at radioTFS, but send an email because that way, and I need your mailing address, obviously. If it's here in the US, I'll send them. If it's over in Europe, Martin will send them. And that's the only places we've actually got people for stickers is uh, in Europe and here in uh, North America. Of course, now that I said that, did I just jinx myself? No, I'm not jinxing it because they're free and they're for you. Send me an email. Send me your mailing address and I'll get those stickers out to you. I'll give you some DevOps stickers and Radio TFS stickers. Last, our friend and one of our favorite listeners, Rod Falenga. And Rod, yeah, I know I butchered it. I always do. <laughs> was I, I'm going to save your email, Rod, and we're going to share it with somebody else from, from Microsoft. I was hoping to get Martin on today, but uh, it just didn't happen. What's Rod is... You guys, we've talked about him before. He works at a government agency. So doing Scrum there can be hard. Doing, you know, uh, uh, Office 365 can be hard. Rod's on 2015 and they're using Team Rooms. Yes, the thing that we malign, that we, we joke about, who's going to miss Team Rooms, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you think, think we did that with, even with Anthony. Uh, well, Microsoft, MVPs, there are people who are actually using Teams. Team rooms and Rod is one of those, and he's looking at what's going to happen after when he goes to 2017 or 2018 uh, or VSTS. You know, his team is actively using that communication tool. So, what happens when it's gone? Well, my, you might think that Microsoft Teams, the Office 365 product, Teams is going to replace it, but it's not in every subscription. So, not every subscription, including not in Rod's, the subscription the, that uh, Rod's work government agency is using so basically rod is sol team rooms are gone he can't use teams because it's not part of his azure subscription so what does he do he's being pushed to third-party solutions slack some of those those other ones to keep those communication things uh communication channel running and that's kind of sad and i totally kind of agree with you rod uh, luckily here at my work we've got a we've got an e3 and uh That includes Teams and Microsoft Teams, and God, everybody here is using it for everything. We've got a bunch of projects on there. We use web tabs. Yeah, we got people just basically stay in Teams all day. But again, if you don't have that, you're being forced to somewhere else. What am I asking? You know, Microsoft, maybe take a close look at that, and you freed OneNote, right? Remember that? You used to pay through the nose for OneNote, and it had select usage, and then you made it free, and everybody started using it? Yeah. I know with Microsoft Teams, you can add guest access, but let's, that might be the next thing that you think about providing a free express, uh, it's included in a VSTS subscription, Ooh, that would be cool, or like. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's the show. And again, thank you all for listening. Uh, this show would be nothing without you, without your downloads. I, I really appreciate it. Again, you want to get a hold of us, Radio TFS at Outlook.com, Twitter at Radio TFS, Facebook slash Radio TFS, voicemail. Yes, voicemail. Send us your voicemail, one 425 And all that's on the on, – wait. Not on the show notes, it's on the website. I can say the website. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think. And again, thank you for listening to Radio GFS.